0: We want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. What's up, people? Morton's Law back. Another episode. Is this season two? Should I call this season two? You know what? Let's call it season two. No one cares, right? I don't care. Although I want to thank everyone for the support. I noticed that last episode I did, which is now three weeks ago. Wow, it's been a while. Almost a month since I've done an episode. Um, People are listening, so I'm back. Just been dealing with a lot of stuff, a lot of adversity, a lot of hate, a a lot of miserable. It's just, it never ends. But, hey, I tell it like it is, right? I pretty much eight mile myself on here every episode, don't I? For those who have seen that movie, Eminem, that's what I do. I tell you everything that's horrible about my life, so there's nothing else you could say about me. I mean, you could, but I think I cover all aspects, don't I? So, what has happened to my life recently? Um, in the last episode, I didn't give you a Nat update, because I think you had heard enough. However, now it is warranted that I give you a Nat update. I had an opportunity to move. I feel like in life, I make decisions, and I'm really bad at them. I feel like every decision I make, I regret, and they say hindsight is 20-20, but when you continually make the same poor decisions, maybe you're just bad at life. Of course, you have that group of people, the support system that tells you, oh, well, you're smart, you're good at this, you're good at, no, no, I suck at life. I accept it. It's okay. You can tell me that. I know I do. You have to be honest with yourself. And this is why I am where I am in life. Because I've continually made bad decisions. A lot of people do. Some end up worse than I do. Could it be worse? Of course it can be worse. I'm not oblivious to people who have it worse than I do. I'm consistently reminded by that. I think God goes out of his way to remind me occasionally. Like the other day I'm walking down the block hating my life as a normal day. And I look over and there's a guy at a bus stop. And he had an elephant man's foot. I couldn't believe it. I looked down. I saw the foot. It was fully exposed. And I went, wow. I feel like God put that guy there to show me. He was in a wheelchair also, by the way. To show me that that guy's life is significantly worse than mine. Yet he goes on. And I want it to end. I really do. I was literally... I had a psychiatrist Zoom appointment this morning. And I told that person if I had my druthers... I would let it end. That's it. And it's not even compared to other people. I know it's not that bad. But I can't take any more of this life. I can't. I've exhausted it all. I've tried. I've tried again. And I continue to fail. Do I have accountability? Yes. Am I guilty of things? Yes. But I feel I deserve a little bit better than what I have. Just a little bit. I don't know. Maybe I don't. But back to the gnats. So I, I didn't move because I have a really good deal with my rent. And we are in a pandemic still. Some continue to ignore it, but we are in one. And I'm not working. I'm getting unemployment. And I didn't want to move because I was going to pay more rent. Now I'm tortured daily by these gnats as they bite me all the time, nonstop. So I was desperate. Because I made the decision to stay. So I continued to call exterminators. I said, hey, can you help me with this? I kid you not. By the way, you and I, regular people, can Google midges, no see and sandflies. They exist. I know they exist. Because I've Googled it. I also see them dead in my bug zapper. I call exterminators locally here on Staten Island. And I think I've covered the five boroughs, essentially. Even called Orkin, who doesn't appear to like business because they don't call me back. Yes, I've called Orkin three times. They've not called me back. I've called other local places. Some people try to help. And the majority, however, have no idea what I'm talking about. I start by saying something simple like gnats. But, they're not regular gnats. They are midges, no-seam, sand flies. And... They are beside themselves in terms of not knowing what I'm talking about. You're an exterminator. Now I know my situation is is very in the minority, if you will, in terms of how many people deal with what I'm dealing with. I'm sure it's very small. And perhaps more people deal with this in other states and other swamp areas. I don't know. I'm I'm near a beach, but I'm not in a swamp area. So this is a little mind-blowing that I've encountered this circumstance, and it doesn't end. There's obviously a nest in my apartment somewhere, and I can't find it. I would hope an exterminator could, but they don't want to try. So I said, alright, let's do this. Let's reach out to the old exterminator who did give me a refund, all platinum pest controls, that island. I said, alright, they did. they did give me a partial refund, they gave me 50% of my money back, because the fogger, the bug bomb, whatever you want to call it, it did not work. The gnats are still here. Now, I had an issue with the owner. A small issue because I felt like she questioned my sanity in terms of them even existing. Oh, take a picture of it. What? I'm sorry. Excuse me? <laughs> you want me to take a picture of something you can barely see with your naked eyes it flies past you? They don't even... That's the thing about these things. When they land on you, you don't feel them until they bite you. So you have no idea they're on you. Well, I shouldn't say that. When they're in your hair, you can feel it, but you're too slow to kill them. Of course, I smack myself in the head all day, (laughs) like a mongoloid, trying to kill them, but it doesn't work. So, there's that. But, I called them back, saying, hey, listen, you wanted proof? Come look at my bug zapper. There's 20 of them dead. They die every day. She quickly hung up the phone on me after saying, we did all we can do for you without helping you, which I thought was so unprofessional. Why would you not want to take on that challenge? And say, okay, well, we failed, but now let's do some research. Perhaps there's something else we can help you with. We can maybe clear your drains out if they are in the drains. Or we'll find the nest another way. We want to help you. And, of course, I would be paying them. I wasn't asking for free service. I only wanted a refund because the job wasn't done. I'm not looking to get my money back. I'm looking for a resolution. Pretty simple, right? So after that, I had not given these people a Google review yet. And I'm a big fan of Google reviews. Because I like to vent, as you know. And I like to tell the truth about situations. I have given a tremendous amount of positive Google reviews. Go look at it, Morton's Law Podcast. Yes, I give reviews under the podcast name, hoping also to promote it and get more listeners. So I was honest in my review. I stated everything I just told you. No need to rehash. And that I was just disappointed that they didn't want to take the challenge. I kid you not. I don't have it in front of me, so I'm not going to read it verbatim. I'm going to paraphrase. But like I said, if you go to all platinum, all platinum pest control... On Google reviews, you can read my review and then the owner's reply. The owner's reply essentially questioned my sanity, told me I need help, and said I have invisible bugs and he wrote it all in caps. So he was yelling at me that I have invisible bugs and that it's all in my head. Could you imagine the audacity? You're a business owner. Now, they have great reviews. I even said that in my review. I said, listen, just because you couldn't help me with this circumstance, I don't doubt you can't help people with mice and roaches and other insects and other rodents that are a nuisance to a lot of people. I didn't trash these people with my review. This guy comes back firing. Like, just nonstop bullets. If I thought I was under attack by the Nats, this reply was even more. It was... It was basically like a shock and awe. And, I mean, look, I know these people. Hey, I gotta be delicate here with what I say, because everyone's so sensitive these days, but I live on Staten Island, and I'm loaded with Italian people, okay? Italian people. And I don't want to knock all Italian people, because I know there are definitely a load of educated, intelligent Italian people. However, Staten Island, few and far between. Few... And far between. And this guy. Accentuates. The type of Italian person. That is here on Staten Island. That Trump supporter. That guy. Who has no knowledge. Easily influenced. Simple minded human being. Is what Staten Island represents. A lot of those people. Especially the Italians. And I mean. I could just hear him. The I could just see the rage on his face. It was almost like. It, it was I don't even know what to describe it as, but he was like Invisible Bugs. It was like Vince McMahon. You have invisible bugs. And he was just yelling, he's like he was like, hey yo, hey, you almost sound like rock. Hey yo rock hey Mickey He has invisible bugs, Mickey. Mickey Invisible Hey yo, Adrian, he has invisible bugs. Hey yo. Hey, I don't know what to do with these. Hey, you know, hey, Paisan, eh? Hey, jerk off, or he can sound like Dice. I don't know what this guy sounds like. Oh, wait, you know what? He did call me. So, yeah, he kind of sounded like that. He's like, hey, jerk off, face. You don't have bugs. They're invisible, eh? Get the fuck out of here, you jerk off. So, yeah, that's what I had to deal with. That's the kind of fucking guy that's here on Staten Island, all right? That's the fucking guy I deal with. So... I I replied, I was you're able to edit your reply or your review rather. So I I edited it and said, "Okay, this is the kind of person I'm dealing with." Now you can see that. Look at his reply, his unprofessional reply. I reached out to the Better Business Bureau to complain. They basically want you to give so much information, it was absurd. And I don't even think they handle situations like that, like reviews. I mean, I like I said How they handled the circumstances wasn't completely professional, but I can't, I don't know. They gave me my money back, half of it anyway. Should I have gotten it all back? I don't know. They did a job, it failed, whatever. But his review, I just hope the people who read that review and his reply hurts their business. In fact, please call All Platinum Pest Control. If you listen to this show and you like my show, call them and tell them you have no CMs midges and sand flies what he calls invisible bugs let's see how they handle that situation if they were flooded with phone calls about these bugs that do exist if you google he chose not to google and he just wanted to tell me i have invisible bugs hey yo mick he has invisible bugs eh? that's right rock he's a bum (laughs) unbelievable (laughs) oh god this life right So I'm status quo, they're still here, Uh, my landlord is now starting to come around who initially also doubted me and she gave me this bug repellent, it's uh, it's something you plug in the wall which I'd used in the past in my mother's apartment back in the days living in the, the projects of Shaolin where we had roaches all the time, not because we were filthy but because our neighbors were disgusting. And they would come through the walls. I mean, let's be honest, in the projects, the the roaches are there regardless of filth. There's nothing you can do about it. But uh, we had Ridex, and it did repel them. You know, they kept them for the most part out. You see one here and there sporadically, but not an infestation. Uh, This thing, I don't know. Now, they say that this repellent uh, could draw them from the walls or wherever they are located. I don't know where their nest is. So maybe the fact that I'm seeing and hearing more of them die every day in the Zapper, perhaps I'm getting rid of them. I don't know if it's working. I'll check back in, but just no. this is challenging. This is very challenging. So uh, I saw, <laughs> I was watching the NFL yesterday, which we're going to get into in a moment. We're going to talk about the full league, of course, my Chicago Bears, and much more. But I saw the the tease for Trump and Biden, and that they're going to have the first debate at the end of the month. Oh, that's going to be amazing, isn't it? I can just hear Trump now. Okay, you're going to vote for me, not for this guy, because let's be honest, he might be dead in three months, okay? um, Listen, I'm a piece of shit, I know it, but you love me, how do you not, okay? Everyone loves the Donald, alright? So vote for me, and not this old bag, even though we're kind of like the same age. I'm still way cooler than he is, okay? So, just vote for me, alright? And that's pretty much it. By the way, is there a chance that, ha <laughs> is there a chance Biden will fall asleep during the during the debate? <laughs> like Francesa? Wait a second! Wait a second! I, I could just see Biden falling asleep during the debate. what a disaster this country is listen at the end of the day it's the lesser of two evils and and we all lose don't we lose anyway what what do we really win when someone is when someone helps i mean i don't know i I don't get into the particulars the technical aspect of the what they really do for us because i i I read very little about this stuff i just find it all funny i find it all amusing that's what it is you know it's not amusing though is our fucking mayor, this piece of worthless shit, Bill de Blasio, I mean, you can't ruin New York City any more than he has. I don't know if it's possible. It's like, this guy was, from. someone told me recently, I didn't even know this, he was born here apparently, but then was raised essentially in Boston, Massachusetts, where he should go back to immediately, because he's a corksucker. That's what he is, he's a corksucker. Oh my God, I hate this guy. Everyone hates this guy. I, I don't know who doesn't hate this guy. How did he get re-elected? Isn't that alarming? What does that say about his opponent? I don't even remember who the opponent was back four years ago. Or was it now two years? Excuse me, it was, that was recent, right? Because he still has another year and a half left on his term. Oh my God, what a train wreck this man is. He's only going to make it worse before he leaves. And then I read an article saying that the the people coming... The next people are just going to be like him, if not worse. So, who knows what this city could look like in a couple years. Oh, not good. Not good. So, I'll take a quick timeout. I'm going to come back with a lot of sports. A lot of football. A lot of football. I don't even know if I'm going to talk wrestling. I don't even have a format. I'm just going off the cuff right now. Going off the cuff saying whatever the fuck I want to say. Because that makes it real. Too many fake people out there. Don't need that shit, right? Morton's Law. Back. After this. Welcome back. Morton's Law. Season 2. Whatever you want to call it. I'm here. Thank you for listening. You can check me out again. Um, I have done nothing with my YouTube channel. So I apologize for that. I don't have a computer. So I'm not going to do ch- uh, shitty video with my phone or tablet I mean I guess I could I don't know Like I said My, my uh, motivation is slim to none these days Can't deny that So uh, I think What am I Morton's underscore law On Twitter I still troll people That's fun Who did I troll recently Oh I trolled Yeah I trolled LeBron Go check that out That was fun I think LeBron was complaining About him being compared to Scottie Pippen And he didn't like it And uh, he just has to be on Twitter. Which is funny because people say, oh, these guys aren't on Twitter. They have uh, their agents or whomever, social media team. And I said, wait a second. If, If our world leader, the idiot that he is, we know he tweets, right? We know for a fact that he tweets himself. We do not believe he has a team tweeting for him. Why can't LeBron James tweet? You're telling me he doesn't take a shit? I take a shit and tweet. Everyone shits, right? We have a few minutes. We can tweet. I think LeBron James tweets. So I would love to see his face to my reply, which was basically telling him, Why are you on Twitter? Why do you care about social media? Just play basketball. Stop focusing. He's so sensitive. That's what I said. I called him sensitive. I said, You're so sensitive. I said, that's why you couldn't handle the Chicago Bulls and Joakim Noah's fouls, and why you couldn't play in the 80s or 90s. And I think I said something worse than that, too. I forget. But you can check out, what was that, uh, Morton's underscore law. That's always fun to troll. Oh, well, where am I? So, yeah, uh, NFL is back. And the season got off... Well, actually, the season started Thursday night with the Chiefs' uh, win. It was really odd seeing, what, 22% capacity there. And, uh, I mean, it was it's what it is. Look, there's only two places that are going to have fan base, which is the Chiefs and the Dolphins. For the Dolphins, that's about normal capacity, as it would be for the Jets. So, uh, that was a... I mean, look. Look at the AFC, okay? The AFC... I think is basically two teams. It's the Chiefs and the Ravens. That's it. I don't think anyone else is really good. We'll see what the Steelers look like tonight, because Big Ben is back. And Big Ben always has them competitive. But when you look at that whole conference, it is very there's there's just two great teams. I think. I think we're gonna get that as an AFC championship game. Cause I want to believe Lamar Jackson will get better. And we'll learn from the mistakes he made in the last uh, last year's playoff loss to Tennessee. And I, I want to predict early that we'll get a Ravens-Chiefs-AFC championship game. Because I just don't see another team in that conference as I went down each division. And I just see so much mediocrity in the league right now. Or in that conference specifically. The NFC is wide open. I mean, there's so many teams in the NFC that can go to the championship. The Super Bowl, rather. Excuse me. Um. So let's get to my team, the Chicago Bears, and you cannot start a game worse than the Chicago Bears did yesterday, and it was true to f- fashion as as Mitchell Trubisky can only start as he did. I believe at one point he was like eight for 22 with 100 yards. Uh, the game was was a snorefest. I mean. Only I and other fans were watching that game yesterday. No casual fans watching Bears-Lions. And it was a lot of nothing. It was a field goal battle early on. It was, what, 6-6. And then, um, by the way, I don't pay for cable or the NFL ticket. So I always find a stream online. And my stream happened to go down right before the half. And uh, sure enough, I missed the uh, touchdown drive that the Lions put together in the final minute and a half or so. And no surprise that the Bear defense, which had been on the field the majority of the half, I believe. Although I can't confirm time position. I, didn't, I never looked that up. But uh, they gave up a, couple, a cheap, cheap touchdown A poor defense. Of course, uh, Danny Trevathan just in no man's land half the time. Just looking lost on the field, not knowing where to be. And uh, I forget who scored the touchdown. I want to say it was a tight end. It was it Hawkinson or somebody else? But, yeah, the Lions went in the half, 13-6. Then they came out, and they had another drive to go up 20-6. So, I'm just... I, I was in communication with a buddy of mine who has his own show right now. And uh, we were talking about the how disgusting it was to watch this game. And I was even calling for the bench Trubisky for the second half. I said, hey, listen, it was that close in... Not preseason, but in camp, because there was no preseason... Well, technically preseason just no games that if the competition was so close as people claimed it was and there were even rumors that uh, Matt Nagy was gonna go and play both guys during the game which you could do there's nothing wrong with that and I was calling for the bench let's go let's get let's get Foles in there to start the second half because this is ugly and we can't stomach this anymore so they come out in the third quarter. They're down 20-6. to They got down 23-6. The defense finally stepped up after looking awful. I mean, I just, I don't know what's going on with this defense. It's not what it was two years ago. Some people want to still defend it. and say, oh, it's still good, but they're always on the field. My problem with the defense is they look soft at times. That zone coverage. They get beat in certain spots. They don't get off the field on third down. There's so many lapses on third down where Stafford was completing simple passes where you're like, where's the defense? Why is someone not there? What's going on? And it was a tough pill to swallow at 23-6, which, by the way, I was as close to turning the game off as one could get. I wasn't even going to do this. I was like, I don't don't need to do a podcast. What what am I doing? So at 23-6, I said, if they don't score on this ensuing drive... I am done turning it off. So they got down the field. To my surprise, uh, the third quarter ended, and they were inside the five. And I could—I was in absolute shock. It was third and goal, I think, from the two or three. And Trubisky just threw it up, and Jimmy Graham, which me and many other Bears fans were not thrilled about signing just based on the circumstances look he has not been the jimmy graham in a while he's been on multiple teams now in the last several years and he's just not the guy plus a lot of people me included were like wait eric ebron is available i believe he went to the steelers from the colts and you could have got him cheaper than you got jimmy graham but in this situation jimmy graham with the height what is he 6'6 he made an the easiest touchdown catch you could make. It was like the defensive back wasn't even there. It was so bizarre. It was like, you know, at least pan- knock into him something. Get penalized. How could you just give up that easy touchdown? But he did. And now it's 23-13. And then the Bear defense got to stop. And, oh, no, check that. I'm forgetting a part. Remember, I'm just going off the cuff here, people. So bear with me. At 23-13, the Lions were cross midfield on the Bear thirty-seven and it was fourth down and this was the turning point in the game 4 minutes left 23-13 Matt Patricia second year made i think a really bad decision to attempt this 55 yard field goal now don't get me wrong we know Matt Prater is the the career long with 64 yards he did that in 2012 although in denver now again this is indoors so i'm sure not hard the distance 55 But, again, the accuracy. And here's my thought process. Four minutes to go, sure, the Bears had one drive. If you punt and you pin them deep. Now, first of all, you have to take the penalty to move the ball back five yards so you have more room to punt. I think if you get good hang time, which if I remember correctly, during the course of that game, their punter had really good hang time on his punts. And I believe Tariq Cohen had a couple of fair catches. So they could have easily pinned the Bears inside their 15-yard line with 3.50 or so to go, up 10. I think that was the play, to pin the Bears deep and say, now, Trubisky, you're going to have to go 85 yards or whatever for a touchdown. Instead, they kick the field goal, and Prater hits the upright from 55, misses. So you give the Bears the ball at their own 45. Now they have a sh- not a short field, but a lot shorter than it would have been. And Trubisky takes him right back down the field again. And he was even helped by a face mask because he eluded a sack, which was great. Because, look, the first three quarters, you cannot be worse. He was in the backfield making every horrible decision one can possibly make. Jonathan Vilma, who was the color commentator making his debut in the, in the Fox booth, was, was very critical, open and honest about the mistakes Trubisky made and the, the poor technique. And just just flawed decision making of of his his uh, just day the entire day until the fourth quarter. He just like flipped the switch. He became Lincoln Hawk. He turned the hat backwards and he was ready to arm wrestle. That's what it was. So he avoided the sack. I hope you guys appreciate that movie reference. I like to drop those once in a while. So He escaped the pocket ran for 20 yards they threw the flag for the face mask and now the Bears have the ball on the line 35 and then they marched down the field and I forget exactly how they scored oh no no they did it was a a touchdown pass to Wims. Wims caught the touchdown in the corner I believe it was a third down so that was a nice throw by Trubisky in the corner of the end zone as uh, Wims was cutting across the middle and uh, then it's 23-20 so now you're thinking, okay, this is a game. And I think there was still 2 and change. And they had all their timeouts. So the Lions come back. And the Bears get a stop. And they force a punt. And you're like, this is, this is actually happening. This is exciting. And they get the ball. And they march right back down the field. And now they're across midfield. I don't know what happened to my voice. Just then, Failed, failed. What was that? And they get the <laughs> across midfield. And then Trubisky... Who had had, again, forget about the fourth quarter, had one of the worst performances you'll see from a quarterback in three quarters. Throws the absolute perfect pass. What was it? 40 yarder to Anthony Miller for a touchdown? Down the sideline, dropped it in his hands, couldn't have thrown it any better, and the Bears led 27 23 after the extra point. I was in shock. However, it's the Lions. So, I don't get too excited about anything. Look, I don't get excited about anything in life anymore anyway. So, I'll get it right. But, I said, hold on. The Bears aren't winning this game. The Lions are finding a way to lose it. And the Bears have beaten the Lions like four straight games. So, I'm not surprised that the Lions would be in this position. And I think a lot of people knew the Lions were capable of blowing this game. They mentioned it during the broadcast. I mean, I'm just so happy their fans didn't have to sit through that in person. I'm sure they were suffering at home, as Lion fans do. When people talk about franchises and miserable franchises, of course, everyone mentions the Jets. And, I mean, you can't help but put the Lions right in that conversation, let's be honest. The Lions are there. I mean, it's just miserable. What a franchise. So, the Lions get the ball back. The Bears scored so fast that the Lions still had a minute and 45, was it? It was a lot of time left at how fast the Bears scored. So Stafford goes down the field slowly. Now, I think he had one timeout left, so he was trying to hold on to it. So they got across midfield with about a minute-ish. And then they got... And then there was a play out of nowhere. I think it was the third down. Where Amond, I want to say it was Amendola. Cut across the middle, and there was no one on him. No one on him. These fucking soft zone defenses that I can't stand. If you're dropping 7 or 8, which I think the Bears were probably dropping at least 7, if not 8, how is a guy running across the field with no one knowing where he is? That is the problem with the zone defense. Guys get lost. Who's got whom? Where are we? Where are you supposed to be? And then a guy runs free. Amendola had like a 25-yard gain, And now they're inside the 20-yard line with, I think, 15 seconds. So they had a few plays left. I think the first down was an incomplete pass. And then, here it is. This is the play of the game. I could not believe this happened. And the Bears could not have been any more lucky to win this game in this circumstance. Stafford drops back. Hits the rookie Swift. Who's wide open. Blown coverage by Trevathan and Buster Screen. I don't know who was helping. One of the two was helping. I'm inclined to believe Screen, who normally plays corner, was helping. And that Trevathan is the one that got beat by the running back. I don't know how the circumstance was. I didn't watch a post-game press conference. I didn't hear what was said. I didn't read an article. Off the cuff. Both burned. Or one of them burned. Swift catches the ball for the touchdown. Game over. Except he dropped it as soon as he turns into the end zone unbelievable lucky fucking bears because their defense and that last minute 50 the, the Amendola play and some of the other plays with the soft zone what a fucking joke and you know what they won the game but I'm still not optimistic about this team at all they got the Giants next week we'll see what they look like tonight But this team, there's so many holes in this team. I'm look. I'm not gonna get giddy about Trubisky after one quarter of play. I'm sure some people are already saying, "Oh, whoa! Look at what happened! Look what look what he did!" Ryan Pace still an idiot. All right. Listen, Matt Patricia lost this game and then still had a chance to win it. Now. I don't know I, I, I don't know i don't i'm not i'm not happy about this team and the lines by the way one other thing i forgot were shredded with injuries they had backups everywhere and it took the bears four quarters to basically score now they scored 21 in the fourth credit fine but this game should not even have been that close no galladay oh my goodness what a joke so bears are one to know whatever let's go around the league real quickly if i can uh, it was uh, Brady's debut as a Buccaneer. Brady struggled through two picks. A lot of timing issues there, as you would expect. Him and the receivers not on the same page. I did point one thing out, which was I thought funny and amusing. The fact that, think about all the years Brady was in New England, right? He had Edelman. He had Amendola. He had Welker. Brady always has a white, short receiver who's in the slot and fast. And add another one to the list. What is his name? Scotty Miller. I think he caught five for 72 yesterday. Uh, Mike Evans didn't catch a ball into the last minute of the game, which was a touchdown. Uh, Godwin had... He's on my fantasy team, by the way, who I spent a lot of money for an auction. Uh, a disappointing, I think, 70 yards-ish or something like that. But the, the, the defense. The defense of the Saints. Just that much better. Yesterday anyway, but the Bucs will get better. There's no doubt about it. The Bucks will figure it out. I don't like their running game. I think Fournette will eventually take over. Not a fan of Ronald Jones at all. So I think Fournette will be the guy as the season progresses, especially on the goal line, which is why I drafted him in my fantasy. Speaking of fantasy, holy shit, what a day I had in one of my leagues. My two-quarterback league, I scored 242 points. League average is like 170 on a good week, 180, some teams score 200, rarely, 242, I have Lamar Jackson, who of course was a stud, by the way, the Cleveland Browns, what an embarrassment, oh, what an embarrassment, I don't know the stats, I don't, I couldn't tell you what Baker Mayfield did, but I'm sure it was ugly, I know Baltimore had a lot of points on defense and fantasy, so I imagine there were multiple turnovers, couldn't tell you anything, but Lamar back. I mean, I want to believe he's going to get better, like I said earlier, and he'll have a better playoff this upcoming season. We'll see. And then Aaron Rodgers. A lot of people wrote Aaron Rodgers off. In my fantasy drafts, he dropped. He dropped tremendously. Now again, one week, right? One week, he shredded the Vikings defense. Devontae Adams, what do you have, 215 yards on 12 catches it was, I think. Multiple touchdowns. That was a shootout. No defense. So, the Packers look good for now. And um, I'm trying to think of the rest of the league. Uh, The Jets look like the Jets. I know Donald had a touchdown, but the Bills are just too much. Look, Allen is better than people thought. Allen, is, he's also a really good fantasy quarterback, let's be honest, because he runs the ball into the end zone. And when you're in a fantasy league where your touchdown's only four points, you want Allen because he's going to give you the six points on the ground, just like Lamar Jackson does, just like uh, Kyler Murray will do. Russell, Wil- Russell Wilson, what a day he had yesterday. 31 of 35, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Would have been my fantasy quarterback. He is in one of my leagues that I don't care about. But I wanted him in my auction league, and my app crashed. And he was nominated first. And when I got back into the room, Christian McCaffrey was up. And I didn't go check to see who was already taken, thinking McCaffrey was the first guy up. I find out in like round 8 or round 9, I'm like, when is someone going to nominate Russell Wilson? Because I didn't do it, I wanted to see what people would bid on him. Because I was willing to spend, I would have probably spent twenty. Someone bought him for $13. I would have definitely outbid this person for Russell Wilson. So I'm stuck with Carson Wentz, who, by the way, had a really good first half and then realized he's Carson Wentz in the second half. I mean, you, you can't make it up. And a buddy of mine who's an Eagles fan was telling me how poorly Wentz was throwing the ball and had two picks and just looked awful yesterday in the second half. And I believe the the Redskins scored, what, the last 27 points of the game after being down early? What a disaster the Eagles are. And look, they don't really have any weapons. Their weapons are the tight end. It's Goddard and Ertz. Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson, what are they right now? What what are they as wide receivers? What kind of threat are they? And the running game, blah. I mean, who's there? Who's there that you care about? Nobody. So, uh, thinking about the rest of the league real quick. Uh, How about about Vegas? It's going to be weird saying Vegas, isn't it, right? The Oakland Raiders. That was a good win for them. Uh, My boy, Jacobs, had a big fantasy day. So did Carson for Seattle. Three touchdowns. That's the thing with the, with the running backs, too. You get the running backs who catch the ball. They score. They don't have to have a great game on the ground. They get those dump passes in the flat. Run it in. Get some touchdowns. Dalvin Cook did the same thing, I believe. Oh, no. Maybe I think he had just rushing touchdowns yesterday. But I'm loaded at fantasy. Running backs. I'm trying to think of the rest of the league. What else happened yesterday. Anything that stood out. Um, Atlanta... Matt Ryan threw for 450 yards in a losing effort in against Seattle. A game I, I already mentioned Russell Wilson. Calvin Ridley had like 29 fantasy points. What a day! He's a stud. How about the Alabama rookies? Uh, Rugs. I know Judy goes tonight for Denver, but Rugs had what 53 yards. They're gonna be studs. And oh, the Dallas game last night. Talk about coaches. I'm in a group chat with a bunch of uh, co-workers and friends and I know what Mike McCarthy has done. Listen, nine playoff appearances for the Packers in 13 years, one Super Bowl. That relationship tarnished over time and they didn't get along at the end and McCarthy was shown the door, which he's still shocked about. They mentioned that in the broadcast last night. McCarthy was, his family still lives there. They, they, They were shocked that he was let go. Apparently, he wanted total control from the Jets, so he didn't go there, and now he's with Dallas. Last night, down 20-17, to 17, I believe late third quarter, if not early fourth, trying to remember. Fourth down, field goal range, fourth and three, they go for it, instead of tying the game. Now this year Are you going to say On the road at home Does it really matter There's no crowd right Unless you're playing In Kansas City or Miami There's no crowd I didn't like the decision <clears throat> Excuse me Hairball Um I'm half cat by the way Uh So You got to kick the field goal there To tie it at 20 You got to kick the field goal they, they had a horrible chance At the end To come back and tie it Um look, the Rams are better, they look better slightly, but I don't think they're, they're that good, the Rams, third down efficiency was terrible, they ended up with a lot of field goals, they didn't get in the end zone, I mean, Robert Woods is tremendous, he's one guy in fantasy I wanted, I didn't get, big Robert Woods fan, he's gonna catch like 90 balls again this year, because they use him out of the slot, sometimes they even, they even run trick plays with Robert Woods, I don't love their running backs, Akers, and I couldn't even tell the other guys. I mean, just I. I mean, I know Gurley went to Atlanta. He scored a touchdown yesterday. But I don't love the Rams. Uh, the upset. One of the upsets of the day was actually Arizona in San Francisco, winning that game. Kyler Murray with the late touchdown. I think what Kenyon Drake scored after uh, Murray threw a deep pass to Hopkins, who was ruled out at the one, and then Drake ran it in. I wanted DeAndre Hopkins in fantasy. Yeah, I knew he was going to be huge this year. I think he had, what, 13 catches over 150 yards. What a monster with Kyler Murray. They're going to be good. Look, that that is that is the best division in football, right? I mean, what other division can you argue as being the best? You have the, the Seahawks, the Niners, the Rams, and and the Cardinals. That is, that is a really strong division. And you can make a case. Three teams will make the playoffs in that division. Now, we still got to see more from, uh, I don't really think the Vikings are that good, the Bears aren't that good. And in the East, the NFC Least, if you want to call it that, those teams are going to be fighting to go 8-8. Eight eight. I don't see anyone making a 10-6 and six out of there. There's going to be a lot of ugly in the NFC too. So how good is the NFC? I mean, I mentioned the AFC earlier. I think the NFC is a little bit more wide open because I think the Chiefs and the Ravens are that much better than everybody else. So there's more parity in the NFC. As good as the Niners are, or were last year, we don't know. We don't know what season to season. I mean, I I could see five teams from NFC. Three from that division could go to the Super Bowl. I don't think the Cardinals are ready. Uh, We got to see more from the Packers. And the NFC least is a joke. I don't don't think they're any good. So that's that with football. Um, I really don't have much to say about wrestling. I'm not going to take another break. I haven't really, I've not been watching, don't get me wrong, I've watched, but there hasn't been anything great to, to care about. The ratings are up, I'll say that, and people, like one of my buddies doesn't get ratings, he's like, well, why do you talk about ratings? People care. What do you mean, why don't I talk about ratings? Numbers are up, SmackDown had a 2.2 Friday, which was their best number since uh, the show after WrestleMania. Look, the fans are coming back, and I don't buy the bullshit narrative, that it's because of the Thunderdome or because fans are returning AEW in droves. I know they're what are they doing? 20% at Daily's place? No, the product. It's about the product. There's so many things to watch. If I can turn on something better, I'm gonna watch something better. I mean, that's what it is. So is the product getting better? Slightly. I mean people rave about SmackDown recently with Bailey, Roman Reigns is back. Look, Roman Reigns is a star. The casual fan loves Roman Reigns. The diehard hates Roman Reigns because he doesn't really wrestle that much. And his gimmick is we know he's being shoved down our throats. He finally turned heel, which is good. And now he's aligned with Paul Heyman. I don't I don't really have a negative thought on Roman Reigns. I mean, you know, when when he was being shoved down our throats, like he did it bothered me a little bit. But look, women love Roman Reigns, okay? That's what we talk about, the casual fan, and how women don't watch wrestling anymore. They're going to watch Roman Reigns, okay? Listen, with with me and you and the average guy, women are like, uh, I don't know, i want to do anal, or I don't want to suck your dick. But with Roman Reigns, it's like, you can use any hole, honey, any hole you want. If I had a fourth hole, I would give it to you, baby. And I'm not fucking joking either, because every bitch out there knows that they would give a Roman Reigns a fourth hole if they had it. Okay, they fucking would, all right, because he's a sexy man. There's no doubt about it. And some of you guys out there would fucking go gay for Roman in a second, and you know it. So there's that. <laughs> I and mean, one of my friends probably drove off the the road right now. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> so um. NXT, I didn't. I was. I didn't get their decision. Their decision... And they did a four-way match. Because they had to vacate the title. Because Karrion Cross got injured. Remember, I haven't done this show in three weeks. So I'm just going to go back and talk a, bit, a little bit. I'm getting off soon. Alright? I still have to go watch porn. So I'll be getting off. Uh, double entendre. Um, <clears throat> so... They do this four-way. With all the former champions. Balor. Ciampa. Gargano. Cole. Now I thought adam cole was going to be going main roster soon apparently not because adam cole is still there the match was good the four-way looks it's so contrived there's so much things that go into it you get 35 minutes or 25 excuse me before they finally have a pinfall then everyone gets pinned within a five minute time span then they do that finish which everyone says is creative where what balor uh, took the lead and then Cole came back and tied him in the final ten. Actually, the last second. Actual, the, the last second. Cole got a pin to tie Balor. So then they ended up going at it one on one. The thing that was odd to me was this: Champa had been off TV for a while. He lost the carrying cross in squash fashion. He was almost buried, you could say. And Champa, I don't know if Champa was working or if he was shooting. ...on Twitter... ...a couple weeks before his return... ...where he questioned... ...while he's not on TV... ...I think he even referenced them saying... ...they have nothing for him right now... ...which is something a lot of guys say online... ...so I don't know if it's shoot or work... ...or both... ...I don't know... ...but for Ciampa to be in that match... ...keep in mind... ...he never was pinned for the title... ...now you want to say... ...okay well we just saw him get squashed by Cross... ...and he lost... So maybe they don't think of him as highly as they once did. And maybe also they say, well, we don't want to put the title on Ciampa because he's injury prone. And what happens if he gets hurt again? That I get. That's fair. So they go Cole and Balor. And it was a really good match. I mean, look, again, just like the four-way, you're not going to get a bad match from these guys. The finish was strong. Balor won. I mean, look, they went with the night... What did they do? The 1916 off the top ropes. The only problem with that finish now is... How else do you beat Adam Cole? You can't beat Adam Cole regular now, right? You have to kill Adam Cole to beat him. Let's be fair. That's what they did. Because that is essentially killing a guy... With that top rope finish. I don't mean killing his character. I mean, Adam Cole is far from dead. I'm just saying you can't beat him any other way now. You You have to either cheat to beat Adam Cole... Hit him with a steel chair to beat Adam Cole. You have to use the worst finisher in the world. Like I mean, like you actually just have to almost bury him to beat him now. Off of that, but they'll forget about that finish, and Adam Cole will find a way to lose to a regular something. That's the way it works in the business. So battler's the champ. I don't know where they go from there. Not really excited about that. I mean, look, they've been talking about bringing guys down. They need to bring people down. And now with the Tuesday situation, I don't know if it's been announced or not because I haven't been online. I don't know if they're going to permanently move to Tuesdays. It was discussed because the rating did pop. They had, I believe, like 100,000 more than normal than against NX, Excuse me, AEW. And AEW's numbers have improved too uh, going solo. And that's the impressive thing too. Both shows are doing well against the NBA playoffs whose numbers are down. So there's that. We'll see what happens. And look, AEW, a lot of the, the pay-per-view was an absolute embarrassment. A lot of things wrong with that pay-per-view. The only thing that was good was the, the finish of the Moxley and MJF match. Because that's the only way you can do it in terms of giving what they call an out to the heel. And by Wardlow throwing the ring in and, and, and Moxley catching it and hitting Oh, excuse me, he didn't catch it. He just ended up hitting him with the paradigm shift, which was, of course, banned. and he got away with it. So MJF loses, but now he still looks strong. And then they gave him a good promo on NXT. Uh, excuse me, on, on Dynamite this past Wednesday. We'll see what they do there. Uh, the Brody Lee win against uh, Cody was bizarre. I don't know. I know Cody is out now and he's doing this new TV show that they promoted. Who's going to watch that shit, right? So, uh, Cody put over Brody Lee in like 90 seconds or something like that. He did no offense in the match. And now they again with the Young Bucks and FTR with the whole elite thing. Look, I told you guys how it should happen. Go back and listen. I'm not going to repeat myself. They are dragging this shit out way too long. Way too long. I don't know why. What, they're just going to go their separate ways and no one's going to really turn heel? That doesn't make any sense. Get some heat on somebody. They have to jump Page and beat him down to get him that babyface pop. You got to give him the sympathy of the babyface. He has to get attacked. They teased Omega attacking him with the chair after the lost attack titles it all out. It didn't happen. And then you had the Bucks leave the way they did or whatever. I forget who left. But... You got to have Page attacked. And then Omega now says he's going to go single. So of course he's going to be going after Moxley. I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, real quick on the NBA playoffs. If you're the, the the Clippers right now. This is bad. This is really bad. Because for people who hate the Lakers. If you hate the Lakers. You were holding out hope that the Clippers would be. Your savior, your savior to prevent LeBron James from going back to the finals and potentially winning another championship. The Clippers may not even get out of the series now. They are up three games to one, double-digit lead on the Nuggets, and they blew Game Five. And then yesterday they got beat up pretty bad in Game Six. Game Seven, wide open, the Nuggets win. We know the Lakers can walk the championship. They don't even have to play a series. No disrespect to the Nuggets, Sorry, it's just the reality. The Clippers, on the other hand, they seem to sleepwalk through some games. I don't think the intensity is there. I even see Kawhi looking like he checks out occasionally, which is an alarming indictment on a great player. A great player that I enjoyed watching in the past and thought he was the guy that gave all his passion to every play. Apparently, he doesn't. I've seen him get beat in this playoffs many times on defense. Looking like a regular guy out there. Now listen, I know it's when you play 40 minutes a game, it's hard to play every minute. Because you want to preserve your energy for the last five. I get that. So sometimes guys aren't going to try as hard in circumstances. But sometimes he looks checked out more than he should be checked out. And uh, we'll see how he steps up in game seven. This is all on Kawhi. Because Paul George, I don't trust Paul George at all. Nor should Kawhi, nor should anyone in the Clipper organization. I've never been a fan of Paul George. I don't get Paul George. He's just another guy. He's a he's a he's a, a Carmelo. He's a Carmelo guy who plays better defense. I don't. I I think he's on that same level. Great scorer, but then he'll fall apart, and that's what he did. That's what James Harden did. That's what Russell. Well, yeah, to be fair, Westbrook didn't have a terrible series. He had a horrible game too. He was great game one when they won. His numbers in 3, 4, and 5 were not horrible. But James Harden did not step up. Again! James Harden drops the ball in the playoffs all the time. And you could say what you want about that roster. Oh, it's a bad matchup. Oh, the Rockets couldn't do this. The Rockets couldn't do that. If James Harden steps up the way everyone says he can or should... Those games are closer. I'm not going to tell you they're going to win those games. But game 4 and 5, that's a joke. Double digit losses the way they did down by what, 25 in game 5, they rolled over and died. That's an embarrassment. Now, everyone says, "Oh, D'Antoni's out, whatever." I who are you bringing in there? It's going to change that. Who's going to change that mindset of James Harden? Cuz it looks like he quit. It looks like he quit. You could say the same thing about a lot of guys in this league. A lot of guys in this league look like they quit. Now, I'm really intrigued because, look, the Clippers right now, I don't believe in them at all. Even if they win game seven, I got the Lakers. By the way, let's say this, though. Based on what Portland and what Houston did winning game one, if you're the Clippers or Denver, whoever wins a series... You probably want to lose Game 1. That's it. Lakers take Game 1. We don't want it. You take it. Lakers are going to be like, no, no, no. We want to give it to you. Here, take Game 1. No, no, no. We don't. No, no, no. No, thank you, sir. You, you can have Game 1. That's how it's going to go. That's my opinion of Game 1. No one is going to win Game 1 in that series. <laughs> On the other side, look, Toronto had every opportunity. After they had that buzzer beater to salvage that series, And then they turned it around, and they tied it, and they went to Game 7. Game 7, Toronto just shot as poorly as you could. Their offense was stagnant. It was boring to watch. Toronto, they have that same set where it's Van Fleet at the top. Whether it's Gasol, Siakam setting the screen. Guys aren't moving. You see guys just standing around. I mean, in the fourth quarter, at least Lowry was taking the ball to the basket and being a tough guy against Kemba Walker. That made sense. Walker, Wanamaker, they have a bunch of shorter guards. That's what you want to do, post these people up. But what worked last year for Toronto, granted, I know Kawhi Leonard was on the team, but you had guys like Siakam and Abaka posting up on the elbow mid-range. Mid-range jumper. Let's just bury these guys with mid-range shots. Instead, the Raptors fell into that... 2020 modern game of shooting too many threes and look van fleet makes a good percentage i'm not gonna say he doesn't what i'm saying is they could get better shots paul G- excuse me marcus all is on this team a guy who used to be featured in the post doesn't even go in the post anymore it's a joke it is a you're telling me he can't score in the post at least try to beat this team up the Celtics were one of the worst rebounding teams in terms of the the remaining playoff teams they're a small team go beat them up I hope Miami, because Miami by the way who beat Milwaukee after Giannis, look Giannis was there or not there, I don't know if it mattered there's a lot of holes in in Milwaukee's team a lot of issues, I don't like the shot selection sometimes there also Again, guys, fall in love with this three-point shot. This three-point shot is, is it's live or die. And you die more than you live with the three-point shot. I've said that all the time. I talk about it ad nauseum. Live on the mid-range a little more. Go post up. I'm not saying you have to do it every possession. Just post occasionally. Show something. I'm intrigued by what Miami can do matchup-wise because they're big also. Miami is really big and jimmy butler is gonna body a lot of these guys uh i think miami has a chance to beat the celtics i really believe that it's gonna be a grueling series gonna be a lot of fun remember miami's more fresh so we're gonna see game one of that series tomorrow night and i'm picking the heat in seven i am i said six but i'll give the celtics another game i think seven home court doesn't matter like we've mentioned doesn't matter so Celtics and uh, heat and seven and we're going to get the heat Lakers final should be a lot of fun. We'll enjoy that uh, real quick baseball. The Yankees. Wow. Talk about a stretch of the Yankees. I think they had lost 15 out of 20 games and where they were what 10 games over and even more than that. And then they went back to essentially 521 and 20 into the weekend series with the Orioles and the Yankees swept that series. So the Yankees now sit, I think, 25 or 26 and 21. And look, there's a lot of holes in this offense. And the biggest issue with this offense this year, unlike last year, is guys have not stepped up the way they did last year. Last year, you had Topman come out of nowhere, have a big season. This year, he's faded. You had other guys step up last year, and they have faded too. So... If, if the big bats aren't going to now Torres just came back I don't know the latest on Judge or Stanton but look LeMay has been gold he always is there's just a lot of holes and the pitching but again this can all flip if they make the postseason it was not a clear cut it's not as clear cut as it was that the Yankees were a shoe in considering there are eight teams making the playoffs this year which is an absolute joke But the Yankees, once they get in, if they get in, of course they can play with any of these teams. Now, Tampa Bay looks amazing with their pitching. No doubt about it. And they're going to be the biggest challenge. I don't believe in Houston right now. Houston looks very vulnerable. Uh, Who else is there? You're going to say... I mean, the Chicago White Sox. I don't know about them. I don't know enough about the White Sox to say, are they a threat? The Indians are good. I mean, the A's are good. I don't know. We're gonna see, but I think Tampa is the biggest threat to the Yankees in that circumstance if the Yankees get in. So, uh, look, they got healthy, and in terms of beating up on the Orioles, which is which was uh, what I mean by healthy. And now uh, we have a few games left, a couple weeks, and then the playoffs. So making the best of the circumstance. I hope everybody is out there. Uh, some quick plugs. I want everyone to check out my good friend and listen to her podcast, Valerie Lyncho. A lot of fun. She talks about life and how awful it is, just like I do. Kind of the the female version of me, if you will. <laughs> she, she hates everything like I do. And she has a lot of struggle with, with people. And because we agree people suck. So there's that. Uh, Of course, uh, I know the Box Seats podcast, the Box Seats Suck podcast is back, so you can listen to that, and I believe uh, the the Work Shoot Wrestling podcast is still active and going too, so check out those three podcasts, a lot of fun, enjoy, I know this episode has been longer, I want to believe I will be back weekly now, uh, with football season going, and then of course the playoffs going, and everything else going. I should return next Sunday night or Monday morning with another episode. So thanks for checking me out. I appreciate it. And take care, everyone. God bless. Gay sex.